Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the third time I've moved country. And it's the first time I've moved with kids. But there's so many things, particularly with this move, that we just hadn't factored in. Like we thought we had a really comprehensive budget. But in order to get the residency, we need to have private health insurance. And that needed to be prepaid for 12 months in advance. So straight away, that was health insurance for four people. That's 3,000 euro that we just weren't budgeting for that. Like that wasn't even... So things like that, that's one thing I would definitely say that if you are looking at moving, really have have that buffer, have that contingency. Hello, hello. Welcome to 30 and a Bit. My name is Pete, and each episode, I try to solve one of the questions you run into after hitting the big 3-0 together with an expert. Today's question is, how can I pack up my whole life and family and move to a different country? Today's amazing guest is Lorraine Murphy. Lorraine is originally from Ireland, has spent 14 years in Australia with her Australian husband and moved to Spain earlier this year. She has a podcast called The Lorraine Murphy Show, is a mentor, speaker, and best-selling author. She truly does it all. Lorraine is 40 years old and has two children. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I feel very, yeah, having the very VIP experience here in your fancy studio. <laughs> so normally for the listeners, I uh, have a studio in my house, um, but often with the English version of the podcast, I started in, in Dutch. So my guests would come into my studio which is really fun doing the one-on-one uh, face-to-face interviews. But with going to English, it's always been online. So I'm so excited Aww. to have someone in my studio Thank again. Thank you. Because it's just a bit of a different vibe. We have a friend in common. You're visiting her. And that's why we were able to set this up. So exciting. My very first question to all of my experts is, how were your 30s? They were full on. <laughs> it's called an Australian term, very full on. There was there was a lot happening. I started my first business when I was 29. So that was really starting to take off by the time I hit 30. Uh, I also got married when I was 30. So started the business in May. And that November, we got married. We had a surprise engagement. So no one knew that we were engaged. We were engaged for three months. And then we invited my parents over to Australia for my 30th. And my sister and her boyfriend, who's now her husband, they were the only ones that knew. My, my sister and her husband were the only ones that knew. And my hu- husband's best friend, who was his best man. So only three people knew that, that we were actually getting married. So we invited them for uh, my 30th birthday party. And at that dinner, we told them that my husband stood up and said, I want to say, make a toast to Lorraine. I've got three things to tell you all we, to share. I want to celebrate. One is that like Lorraine's 30 today and, you know, happy birthday. And then he said, the second thing is we're engaged. And they were so excited. Oh. And then he said, the third thing, his parents were at the dinner as well. The third thing. And of course they thought we were pregnant. And he said, we're getting married tomorrow when you're the only ones invited. And they... <laughs> Then no one said anything. Like there was complete silence around the table for about three minutes. 
yeah you could have heard a pin drop and we were just myself and my sister were like is this okay and yeah they fully freaked out like could not could not get their head around it at all it sounds so fun though it was so fun we still laugh about it and then next day was our wedding day the day after my 30th birthday I feel like that's how my 30s started and that's how it felt like it continued it was yeah we had our first daughter uh, well first child at 34 our little girl and we attempted it we call it a tree change in Australia you know the whole country move thing we tried to move to the country we moved back very quickly because I was not not in a good place in the country and yeah and then we actually lost two babies to miscarriage so we lost two babies between both our children and then we had our little boy when I was 38 I sold my business I started my second business I published four books so yeah, it was full on. Very full on. <laughs> it was a big decade. It was your, yeah, your whole decade in yeah. like two, three minutes, but yeah. full on. But also, and you know, funny talking about it, you just realize, shit, I packed a lot in. Yeah, 10 years. You don't realize until you summarize a decade, how much you can actually achieve in a decade. Yeah. So well, now you're 40. You 40, just turned 40. Just 40. Yeah. How do you feel about the upcoming decade? Mixed. I feel really excited about it because I feel like a lot of the, I guess the growing pains of my 30s are, obviously I still want to keep growing, but I feel like, you know, my business path is very clear. I'm really excited about my business. We've had our two children. I feel really, like, obviously so grateful for them. So I feel like a lot of the big things, the big boxes are ticked. Does that make sense? I don't know if that's a really mercenary way to describe it. But I do feel mixed. I feel like I'm in, in incredible health. Like I feel my energy is really high. I'm really happy with my body and how I look. But I'm also conscious that the end of the 40s is things things change a lot, particularly for women, perimenopause, menopause. So I am mixed about that. And I guess the, the best thing I can do is to go into my 40s as robust and energized and in balance as I can. And yeah, just trust that everything I've done to this point is going to have me landing in a really, really good place. I guess you're, you've started your decade with another huge mm, event. That is so true. God, I've done it again, haven't I? <laughs> of moving across the world yes. um, to Spain. Can you tell us why you wanted to move from Australia to Spain? So many people have asked us that. The Spanish where we live, they're like, why are you here? Why, why are like, I'm basically Australian, you know, part, part Australian now. And my husband's Aussie and our kids are Aussie. Uh, so the reason for Spain was, so I don't know if your listeners are aware, but uh, am I allowed to swear on this? 100%. Okay, great. Uh, lockdown COVID was fucked in Australia. Like absolutely fucked so yeah three years the borders were closed we couldn't leave the country so I missed so much time with my family back in Ireland so we got back to we went back to Ireland this time last year so the middle of 2022 and I had a two-year-old nephew that I'd never met we had a one-year-old boy who my family had never met you know it's just I just don't think that's how we should be Mm -hmm. so the move to Spain was very much geared at okay well let's make up for the time lost with my family and, and have some more time with them uh never want to live in ireland and i'm going to say mostly because of the weather and amsterdam is feeling very irish today (laughs) we're having the worst month ever it's cold and it's drizzly and it's windy it's yeah no no not uh, very very irish i feel at home so uh, and then i have a cousin who lives in spain near where we are so we felt like the spanish climate the spanish people we came and checked it out last year to kind of check different suburbs and schools and all that kind of thing so yeah it just felt like Australian climate but in Spain how long was there between you making the decision you wanted to go and actually hopping on the plane and taking off 
That's a really good question. <laughs> so I decided in November 2021 that I wanted to leave and move to Spain. My husband came home one evening. I was cooking dinner and I said, I want to move to Spain. Uh, so I would say I made the decision over, well, it was a year and three months in the end. I'd say he only made the decision probably six months out from us leaving. So I was very much, this is what I think we should do. I think it's the best thing for our family. And he he needed to come on the journey for a while. So <laughs> Six months, though. Yeah, we were planning for it. And then he said, look, I'm not final. I'm not final. And I was kind of saying, well, I am. So let's just do this already. Uh, but he needed, to, he needed to figure it out. Did so, you yeah. always have faith that he would get on board? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did. And what did you do with all your stuff in Australia? I love the detail of these questions. It's so good. <laughs> well, we're going to have to teach the listeners on a, how this, to this do it. This is a training class on how yes. to move countries. I love it. So what we did, so we were renting in Australia. So we didn't, so our house was pretty much, we would just hand our house back to, to the, the owners. Uh, but we had a full houses most houses in Australia come unfurnished so we had a full house of things of 14 years of you know living in Australia collected so we donated a huge amount uh, we also like just did the whole Marie Kondo just decluttered as much as humanly possible and we sold a lot uh, we gave quite a bit to friends so we didn't all we have now left in Australia is our artworks one chest it's like a chest uh, coffee table it was the very first piece of furniture that we bought for our first home together 13, 13 years ago. So that's the only piece of furniture we kept because it's got sentimental value. Uh, so we've got our artwork, that piece of furniture, and we've got seven, you know, those plastic storage containers, like tubs. Yeah. We've got seven of those, and that's that's it. They're back in Australia. In Australia. So they're with my parents-in-laws that stored at their place. Wow. Yeah. Because we were thinking, you know, should we keep some of our furniture and put it into storage? And then most of our stuff was secondhand anyway. Like, we're not into buying like brand new things, particularly with two small kids. And a lot of the stuff we'd had forever, we had a beautiful bed, but we'd had it for like, it's coming up to eight years anyway. So we figured for what we would, if, if we were to pay for storage for this stuff for, I don't know, two years, however long we end up staying over here, the, the value of the stuff that we had wouldn't actually mm. make sense to pay to store it. So it just felt more like a, a clean, a clean start. Does it feel good, the decluttering? You know, I was waiting for that feeling. You know, people talk about when they're <laughs> packing everything up and they're going overseas with just two suitcases for a year. I was waiting for that sense of lightness. And I thought it might hit when we got on the plane that we were just pretty much it was just us and our 15 pieces of luggage. <laughs> um, but it didn't. I never got that feeling. Still not. strange. Well, no, because now we, we moved to a fully furnished house in Spain. And then we decided to leave there after five months, I think. So we moved to a new place two, six weeks ago and that was completely unfurnished. So then we had to fully furnish mm. a four bedroom house, which is so annoying. Like it's nice buying furniture, but when you're buying stuff like your glass Tupperware containers and bathroom bins and, you know, just toilet brushes, like stuff that you just threw out in another country that yes. now you've got to buy again, that that was annoying. So no, I haven't, I haven't had that. I've, I, I've had that lightness feeling from, like I had it just yesterday, I'm flying two and a half hours, two hours, and I'm landing in Amsterdam. Like I cannot get my head around the freedom to travel that I have. I feel like I'm, you know, someone who's been deprived of sugar for like 10 years <laughs> and I'm like, give me all the cake. It's just so cool and so accessible. Yeah. I love, I love Europe for that reason. I lived in New Zealand for two and a half Did years. Did you? So I can I, see you living in New Zealand. I actually understand the remoteness of it. Yeah, of you get how it. You felt. You're so far. So far away. Um, I have a question about languages because you, I think, just did some Duolingo before you left. So 
none of you, none of the four of you really spoke the language. Your kids are in international schools. How do you feel about not being able to speak the language now that you've experienced it for six months? How hard mm. is it to integrate or understand things, do groceries? Like how important do you think now in hindsight it is to learn a language before you move? Or are you still like, it's totally fine? Yeah, such a great question. So I think it very much depends on where you move to. So I know, for example, Tanil, our friend in common, was saying uh, she doesn't speak any Dutch, but she can very easily live here because English seems... Is it the first language here? No, Dutch is, but we're such a small country. Everybody needs to speak like yeah, three languages. Yeah, it's amazing, amazing. Yeah. So where we move to in Spain, it's good news and it's bad news for us. And the good news is that most people speak English, but then the bad news is most people speak English because you don't have that urgency to, to learn. Yeah. So I did a lot of Duolingo before we left. So I had passable Spanish, like working Spanish. So I, you know, I could order a table, book a table for a restaurant or ask where things were and count to 10 and those kind of things. And, and then we moved and I've been gradually picking up more and more Spanish. So I speak French. So I think that's helped with the kind of collecting another language um, but my husband hasn't spoken any in Australia you don't have to there's no requirement yeah. for you to learn another language yeah. so I actually think it's been it was a lot more intimidating for my husband to come over because I know I'm like I know I can learn another language if I apply myself but I he doesn't know so that yet. I agree with you I think if you just if you've learned another language from when you were young and you just understand how learning a new language goes mm. also in the Netherlands you have German French English and Dutch lessons yes and then you often have like Spanish, for example, as well. Um, and you know once, you can, like you yes. know, you've got that that positive feedback loop of I know, I've got an evidence file that I can learn another language. And in my experience, every single language you learn in the same way. Mm. You start with to be, you understand, you're introducing your family and then you yeah. you grow on that. You continue to, to learn on those basics. But same with my husband being Australian, he uh, also didn't, really learn another language so he had to come here and learn Dutch mm. I like was very adamant because yeah. my whole family is Dutch you have yeah. to learn Dutch and it's funny how for people that have never learned a language it's such a big it's uh, challenge yeah it's huge when we at least try to speak our absolutely terrible Spanish they really really appreciate it and and it really makes a difference with building relationships with Spanish so but it's funny because so many of them are fluent in English I'll start speaking Spanish we hosted our daughter's uh, birthday party, for example, and it was our first time like hosting in Spain. And the the p parents arrived, and I offered them the drinks in Spanish. I was listening, you know, bebidas and listening at, at all the, the the in Spanish, and they they're just like, it's okay, we can just speak English. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, bless them going like she really looks like she's trying here and we're going to put her out of her misery. But also like, I was like, but I'm really trying to practice. Like yes. I want to be like you with English and they really appreciate it. So I think the key thing, and I always do this no matter where I've traveled to, you know, whether it was when I went to Tanzania, um, I go to Bali, just learning a handful of words, you know, even if it's just hello, goodbye, please, thank you. Just, it makes such a difference. And then gradually you can obviously pick it up from there. But I think Duolingo is the bomb. It's so good. And Irish is on there. I didn't realize Oh, really? Yeah, there's so many really obscure... Well, I think Irish is pretty obscure, but there's a lot of really obscure languages. But just showing up and doing five minutes like that meant that the week we arrived in Spain, I was able to go in and ask for a table for two people. Yeah. That's that's really cool. Yeah. Okay, so you depending on the country, you don't need to be able to speak a language very fluently, but you do suggest start on Duolingo, do a couple yeah, minutes at least, a day. Yeah, at, at least try, show willing. When it comes to finances... Do you have an amount in mind, like say you should have 
five months of your mm. monthly salary saved or anything to succeed somewhere else really good question and I'm sure there's people who are financial experts who would have a really really great response to that from our perspective we we did the budgets so we worked out you know what what is everything going to cost we really just and that was part of the decision to move to Spain as well you know there's there's no point in moving to another country if it's going to be significantly more expensive than than what we're where we're living right now so we did the budgets and the, the budget worked and then we didn't I mean we had some say we had savings going in I think the big thing for us was we pay we prepaid our rent for six months in advance. So that just felt like when we landed, okay, that's the biggest expense is dealt with. We don't have to think about that for six months. And then from there then kind of had some time to catch up and figure out and this you know, there's there's this is the third time I've moved country and it's the first time I've moved with kids. But there's so many things, particularly with this move, that we just hadn't factored in. Like we thought we had a really comprehensive budget, but then things for example, we, because I'm an EU citizen, obviously I was entitled to residency very, very easily from Spain. So I got that within a week. But in order to get the residency, we need to have private health insurance and that needed to be prepaid for 12 months in advance. So straight away, that was you know, health insurance for four people. That's 3,000 euro that we just weren't budgeting for that. Like that wow. wasn't even... So things like that, I, that's one thing I would definitely say that if you are looking at moving, really have that have that buffer, have that contingency because there's stuff that you just don't even realise that, that you will have to do to buy. We moved into that furnished house for a few months and then we realised that the rent was so high. Like compared to what we were paying Australia was kind of just a bit more expensive. But relative to Spain, it was very, very expensive. Right. And it was also very isolated. We were on the side of a mountain. But no, we never met neighbours because everyone just drove in and out of their electric gates. It was very isolating. So we moved out of that house and we reduced our rent by two thirds. So where we live now, it's a third of the rent of what we were paying in the previous place, which is amazing. But just moving house is expensive. It's cleaners. It's, yeah. as I said, just the boring stuff like buying toilet paper, the toilet brushes just stuff you don't think about so I would definitely say have some contingency because you'll just sleep better at night if you know that that's there in your episode I also uh learned a really funny thing that a lot of people probably don't think about is even setting up your kitchen and having to buy oh. all the oils and herbs all and spices things. and all of the basic things that yeah you just have to buy them in one big go yeah and it's it'll cost you hundreds hundreds of euros of euro. yeah I went to do you have Carrefour here no, but I no, know. Of you know, of Carrefour. Yeah. So you've got Carrefour in Spain. I went there to stock up in because I've got a really good organics range as well. But yeah, if you, like you think about coconut oil, I think is like seven euro. Olive oil is five. And you just times that by 50 things that you need in your kitchen just to get started. It's, it's exy. <laughs> it's so much money. Yeah. So when it comes to housing, what do you think now in hindsight was the best way of going about it? Was going somewhere that was easy and furnished, even though it was a bit expensive, but temporarily was a good move to then see what the be the next step should be or? Mm. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's a really good question. I would say, ideally, if I was to redo what we did again, would be to definitely find furnished because you're right. It just gives you a chance to... Just to decide if you're actually long-term committed to this place. You don't want to go buy a whole for, house full of furniture and then you're, you're not committed. But I would I would definitely err on, okay, get something that's more budget-friendly, just allowing for the fact that those expenses are are going to drop in. And, you know, there's some really great op- options around just renting. You know, in Australia, you can rent a fridge, you can rent a washing machine, just things like that. If there's a rental opportunity just to buy you that that runway almost to decide if you, if you want to commit uh that that's what i would do and then just in terms of our experience of being in that first house that first house was magnificent like incredible views all over the water and mountains it was beautiful but it was very very isolating and you don't ever get to talk to anyone or meet anyone so that's something that i wouldn't have considered i thought i would have really liked the solitude but when you don't know anyone and just having a little bit of human contact like waving hello to someone makes a really big difference so where we are now we're in a development of maybe 40 houses and there's also a communal pool. So there's, we had our own pool in our previous place. So just things like that, those little meeting points, like Lex has been invited to some of the kids' birthday parties now. Just just that upper, the opportunity for that spontaneous human connection, I think is a, is a really good thing, particularly if you've got kids as well. When it comes to packing and everything you moved over, is there anything you're now thinking, I should have 100% packed this or I don't need this at all? These are such good questions. <laughs> well, the thing that really pissed me off buying it again was all the glass because we used glass Tupperware. Like, oh, that, that gets really like expensive buying all that again, all your kitchen storage. Like I had little, you know, like Lazy Susans. I had about 40 big jars, like pantry jars that we'd fill. Like it was so well set up. All my little spice jars with the labels. It was great. So, I mean, obviously you're not going to bring a suitcase of that stuff because it would be your entire luggage allowance. And I'm just looking back. I mean, there's nothing, the, actually, the only thing I actually would have liked to have brought, and I didn't even think of it, would be would have been to take out some of our paintings and roll them up into tubes and bring them over. I think that would have been nice just to make the place feel more like home and more familiar. I didn't think to do that. And actually, my in-laws are coming in a couple of weeks, so I might ask them just to take mm. a couple of things out of frames and, and bring them over. That would be really lovely. So I think that... And then if I think about anything that we brought that I probably wouldn't have brought again... Nothing really. I actually think it was quite quite intentional. 
it was really hard to whittle down my books. So I only brought, I, I gave myself a limit of 10 books that I could bring. So that was quite a fun, I did a whole Insta reel on what those 10, 10 books were. But no, I think, I think, yeah, just some little touches of home, I think would have been nice. And paintings are so portable, if you could just roll them up in one of those cardboard tubes. But I think everything that we brought made sense to bring. And the heaviest, the biggest thing we brought was our, our Vitamix, so our blender, which when we shipped that over. Oh, sorry, I need to say, we did ship some stuff over as well. We shipped all our winter clothes over. Yeah, I think it's just about thinking about the lifestyle that you want to have. Obviously, the weather, the clothes you're going to need. And knowing I didn't, I, I left a lot of summer clothes at home. I, I, as in, I, I actually <laughs> I went to my friend Annie's house and gave her like a whole wardrobe of all my summer clothes. But I brought over my winter clothes. I shipped them because winter boots, for example, they're more expensive to buy. They're not as easy to replace as summer clothes. So I did invest more in bringing the, the winter stuff over. Thinking about your Vitamix, of you bringing that, for the American listeners, I believe that America has a different voltage. Yes, I don't so think your appliances can travel because they can't no. use electric kettles in the US, can they, with the voltage? Like, I remember um, my husband lived in the US for a little bit and he bought one of the, like, big Nutribullet, huge ones. But we had to throw it out. We couldn't use it when he no. moved back to Europe. So that's actually a thing also That's a really good into. point. Yeah, so go like watch Don't it. bother moving that. Sell it and then maybe use the money to buy a new, yes, new yeah. one in wherever you're going. So yeah. that's a good one to good think point. about as well. Good catch. Let's talk about children for a little bit. Yay. You just mentioned this is the first time you're moving with children. Yes. How important do you think age is when it comes mm. to kind of uprooting a child's life and moving them? So I feel for us, this was, and this was part of the, 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 the decision to move to Spain when we did, was that our little boy was only one when we were deciding to do this. Uh, I was deciding. And our little girl was five, and the, she, she was in Montessori, so she'd already started school because you start Montessori younger. And, but we just felt like we didn't want to get to the point where they were both in school, or then she was, because there's a four-year age gap as well, so she was almost getting ready for high school, and then he was just starting school. We, we felt like this was the most opportune time to do this with them. And But then that said, I've got lots of friends and lots of clients who've moved overseas with late, you know, early teenagers as well. And it's been, it's been a positive experience. I would actually say it depends more on the child. And it also, I think, depends on the parents. So, so for us, this move, probably completely naive, didn't actually feel like that big a deal. It started to feel like a big deal once we actually landed in Europe. But I think it's also the the kids are going to run off whatever energy you run off in approaching this. So if it's going to feel you know, bigger than Ben-Hur and really stressful and uh, like you're going to be really lonely with that, the relationships that you have, well, I feel like that's what the kids will probably pick up on as well. From our experience, I think the younger the better, but I do think it depends on the kid and the, and the family as well. So your son would have been too young to tell him and prep him, but your daughter, you would have to tell at one point, this is what we're doing. You're going to go to a different mm. school. How do you prep? Or how do you tell a kid that you're planning on doing That's that? Really and how do you question. prep them? I kind of just started chatting about it. Like we started chatting about it a few months out. What actually really helped, and this is where I got the mom guilt on this, she had a little girl called Lara in her class in Sydney whose mom was Brazilian and whose dad was Spanish. She was born in, in Madrid and they moved back they were moving back to Madrid. So it really helped in Lexi's mind that she knew a little girl who would move to, like one of her friends had moved to Madrid. And the reason I've got the mum guilt is that we still haven't gone to Madrid to actually meet Lara and 
it was all Lexi wanted to do when we first arrived and she's kind of just stopped asking now because we haven't done it yet. So I need to get that sorted. So I think, yeah, just, just normalizing it, chatting about it, getting them involved in, in what was going to be happening. So when we came over for, we called it our recce, so our little checkout trip in, in Spain last year, to Spain last year, um, we went to see a couple of schools. We brought Lexi with us so she could really get her head around, you know, what that was going to look like. And, and I will say the first two weeks when we first arrived, she was not in, she was really discombobulated, obviously probably absolutely exhausted. And we also arrived from peak Australian summer into deepest, darkest Spanish winter. Like it was cold. It was dark at 5.30. It wasn't bright till like eight in the morning. So a really, really big shift and a big change. So, and actually what we did, this may be helpful for some of your listeners, what we shouldn't have done. We had my mom, my sister and my sister's three kids come stay the week after we arrived so we landed in Spain and eight days later they arrived for 10 days and that was just far too much for everyone um, but but I think particularly Lexi I think what she needed was just some space and some time to adjust she's an introvert and then she had this house full of people and she was only trying to figure out the house herself and then she had all these cousins and so I think we we should have taken it a lot slower in those first few weeks just to let everyone land like fully land in in the space that's a really good tip mm. Uh, we mentioned it earlier, your kids are going to an international school. Yes. What made you come to that decision? Yeah. The biggest thing we felt was that we were already taking them to the other side of the world and you know, away from friends, anything familiar. So we felt that to then put them into a Spanish school, when Lexi was doing Spanish classes at school, but you know, very, very basic Spanish, we just felt it was going to be a bridge too far for her. So we chose to put her into an international school where English is the, the main main language. And she, I was telling you before, she loves school. Like she has just blossomed at that school. She's learning so much. She's so engaged. She has never once in the time that she's been there not wanted to go to school in the morning. She's running in there every morning. She's obsessed with her teacher. It's really, really, really sweet. But then I do wonder, as some parents have told me, parents in the school who've got kids, kids who are older than Lexi, they have said that chances are she will never become fluent at an international school because the the need isn't there for her to speak Spanish. So we do wonder, like, was that the right decision? Maybe we will move her into a Spanish school later, further down the track. The other thing, actually, and again, this might be helpful for your listeners, even though she's in an international school, some advice that a couple of people have given me is to enroll her in summer camps in Spanish. Mm-hmm. So that's a way of really, almost like little little windows of of I don't want to say forcing but really encouraging her to speak Spanish more and to make it more of a, an everyday thing rather than a we do this in Spanish class for two hours on a Friday or whatever day she does Spanish now so I think that that's probably a nice in between but also I think it depends on one of the parents who told me that her kids aren't fluent in Spanish she has really committed to speaking Spanish herself but her husband refuses to speak Spanish so I think they also model on what the parents are doing. So I make an effort, as basic as my Spanish is, to say things like if with Wilder, rather than saying, you know, your water, you know, donde este agua, like where's your water? And just little things like that. And he knows exactly what you're talking about. It's, it's really cool. So and cute. it's fascinating because he's just started learning. He's started prop like talking now. And I will say to him, Wilder, say arriba. And he goes, arriba. And then he'll say, what's the other thing? I say, say manos. He goes, manos. But then I'll say to him, say, hi, say hola, and he says, hi, and then I say, say adios, and he says, bye-bye. 
So he knows, like he can sit, he knows that I'm speaking Spanish. He knows what that means. And then in his mind, it comes out in English. It's really cool. So fascinating. Yeah, I'm, I'm really fascinated to see how that develops now as he's learning to speak. Yeah, we mentioned before we started recording as well, we were talking about this for a little bit, about how it sometimes takes kids longer to actually yes, speak. Yes, like that delayed speech. Because they're now learning mm. two languages and it's just a big mess Slows in their it all brain. Down a bit. <laughs> yeah. They're like, what the hell are you guys doing? But when they come out on the other end, they're fluent in two languages. Yes. How sick is that? Yeah, yeah. It's I really cool. I think that's incredible. So what do you speak? English, Dutch? English, Dutch. Uh, my German's pretty good and some basic Italian and French. But I want to continue and some Spanish. But Spanish has been a while. Um, that is amazing. I've actually just decided I want to pick up Spanish. And someone said this weekend start with Duolingo mm, continue to work really on good. it then and, really but I would fun. like to do group lessons as well yeah that's that's our next step I think once the summer's over and we're back settled I think it'll be fam- family Spanish lessons yes that would be <laughs> so nice and a great way to meet people as well true Emily in Paris she <laughs> met, met her boyfriend there yeah totally hot guys can't we of course in. it's gonna happen <laughs> all right tell us what are your big tips on moving countries uh, streamline as much as possible like really bring the bare minimum that you can manage with because yeah it's just it's just less less mental bandwidth to, to think about as you move and um, the other thing I would do is if at all possible go and do your research like do your recce before you get there so I did that when I moved to London I went over for three days I did job interviews registered with recruitment agencies went and saw a couple of houses got my 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 British sim card and then I moved six weeks later when I had a job so I think if it's at all possible trying to just go and spend some time wherever you're thinking about moving just to get get your head around it and also just get a feel for it like you actually want want to live there uh, the other thing I would say as well and this has been something again that I feel like we we could have done a lot better is really make an effort with friendships and getting to know people it has been really lonely this year particularly because I've got such besties in Australia like I've got three best friends who live three minute walk from my house like it's amazing so I think yeah just just I think I was so focused on making sure the business transitioned well to the other side of the world that the kids transitioned well that we had a home and everything was set up well that I've really neglected the friendship side of things and now when it gets to a point where you're there almost six months now and you feel like I feel like I should be further along with with making friends so I think that would be another one is just to almost like plan ahead of time to invest that energy and that time in in creating those friendships because they don't just happen yeah you need your person it can just Mm, be one just one person change the world you do need your one person yeah yeah so I think that would be another huge one and and yeah like we've already talked about as well just really allowing some some contingency with money giving yourself more than you think you're going to need I think would be really good yeah more than what you think you Mm, need for sure because that'll be stuff popping up like your health insurance and you know even if it doesn't that's extra cash to do some more travel but either way just plan for it (laughs) very good yeah oh can I add another one actually god this is a huge one again it's related to finances uh so I'm earning in Australian dollars in my business mostly so I started invoicing some some European uh, clients uh but you get smashed on foreign exchange fees so something that we have set up is wise I don't know if you've come across it. So it's like a, do you know, do you have Revolut? Is Revolut used much in No, I think it's more UK thing. Yeah. So, well, I use Revolut with all my Irish family. So it's like a, an app where you can load it up with your money and then you can choose to exchange 
Almost like if, um, X, what is it, XE? If XE had like an app to just convert your money on the spot. So I've used Revolut, but we found Wise now. So I've got a Wise account for my business. Yes, yeah, set up your foreign exchange well, particularly if you're moving for like more than three months. That's worth doing. That's a really good tip. And also one that I thought was very funny because I just recognize this, uh, adapters. Oh my God, adapters. <laughs> We brought two adapters and we thought we were like sorted. And then you realize that every fecking thing, we've got eight adapters in our house now and still it feels like we're running out. Yeah, such a good point. Adapters. And then one more thing uh, that I really wanted to share that you mentioned in your own podcast about this, uh, in your own um, podcast episode about moving, is shipping your suitcases Mm. ahead instead of shipping boxes yeah that was really cool so we used a a service because i looked into you know containers and shipping by sea and i had a couple of calls with like initial inquiries and they just said look you've got seven boxes (laughs) please don't waste your time but this woman was really helpful and she said check out it was called shipmybag.com uh, or semibag.com. can't remember i can find it for you and and what that does is so we shipped our boxes ahead of time but what you can do and a major thing that that they do as a company is for example say you're going for a week uh of just hanging out in hawaii and you're just it's just like beach time in hawaii but you know then that you want to go skiing in colorado rather than lugging all your heavy ski stuff and your skis and so on is you can ship them straight from wherever you live straight to colorado and then they'll be there when you get there. Yeah, that's kind really of what the cool. service so is. So smart, right? yeah. But then I kind but of then, yeah, it also ended leveraged up, it for what we were doing. Yeah, which is so smart. Like if you don't have enough boxes to ship mm. anything in a container, also that takes forever. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> this is also maybe a good thing for listeners to realize, especially if you don't have a visa for a country yet, but you're only entering on a tourist visa. What a lot of people do in Schengen, they have their three month visa try to find a job and then convert it to a working visa. Yes. But a tourist visa is not good enough to have anything shipped to that country. So when my husband moved from New Zealand to the US, he first had to wait. That was also included my stuff that we had shipped. Um, First had to wait for his visa to get approved in the US. Then it was put on the ship. So that was months in between there. Then it was finally put on the ship. And then by the time it literally docked in the u.s he was like no i want to go to the netherlands and then we had to wait again for a couple months no. to have his dutch visa approved before it could be put back on the ship come to the netherlands so we ended up being without our stuff for almost a year it was like nine months so when you and say I'll, stuff is that furniture clothes like what did you have a lot of clothes yeah, yeah it was because you've got to go buy them again then if you're heading in because i left the kids winter jackets in the shipping box like we're shipping over because I was like it's fine we'll be getting there in February they'll be okay with just a jumper for a week or two or a a couple of days because it was meant to arrive the day after we arrived and it was freezing and the poor kids were like when's our boxes coming um but yeah that's what I really liked about ship my bag as well it was there it should have been very very quick and then Spanish customs is a freaking nightmare Mm. so it got held up there and I had to send paperwork and all that kind of thing so we got it two weeks after we arrived in the end but you know relatively speaking to the experience you had yeah that's that's pretty good because by the time (laughs) we opened the boxes we were like I don't even remember what was in it and we threw out over half of it. Oh, so you're like, no, I didn't miss this that. for a second in these past nine months. I don't think I need it in my life yeah. anymore. Whereas so when you're packing up. it, you feel like I can't do without this thing. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that's also an important thing to know. Like the ship my bag, you can always do no matter what your visa mm. is. But shipping a container can be a bit more daunting and more paperwork involved. Yes. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. I think we've covered a lot. We have. Great questions. I'm loving the specifics. Thank you. (laughs) This is what I always try to do in every episode. Just give people so many tools and things that they can immediately start applying and work on. Well done. So my final question always is, if you could give the listeners one takeaway from this episode, what would it be? Just do it. I feel like we've talked a lot about the, you know, the, the logistics and the shipping, almost like the boring behind the True. scenes stuff, but it's so worth it. Like these first, I, I need, one of my cousins asked me recently, he came to visit us in Spain from Ireland and he's like, so has this been a good move? And I said, ask me Christmas time and I'll tell you. <laughs> Give me another six months because we were still settling in the new house. But yeah, just this opportunity, the upside of being somewhere else, you know, for me, this is being on the other side of the world, being able to come to Amsterdam and have this time. I mean, I'm ticking through my European bucket list at a rate of knots. It's amazing. And, you know, maybe for some of your listeners, it's moving to Bali and doing yoga teacher training in Bali. You know, it's for everyone's going to have their thing, but you can truly, there's some things that you can truly only experience in that country. And I had one of my, I was talking to one of my clients this morning. She's Canadian but lives in Western Australia, got fully locked down as well for three years. And she just went back to Canada for the first time in four years. And she hasn't left Australia since 2019. She hasn't been anywhere. And she just said, Lorraine, you just realized there's a whole world out there. There's a whole world. And we get so caught up in our day to day of, you know, making dinner and what are we watching on Netflix? And there's a whole world out there. So as much as I'm hoping I haven't intimidated anyone with the, the logistics and the finances of it, but it's so worth doing. I love it so much. So even with kids and even all the daunting parts of it, do it. Do it. And you'll grow. Yeah, I would definitely say the last few months has been really difficult, like really, really difficult. The first first half of this, this, this time here in Spain. But I'm so glad I did it. And it's, you can't, like I had experiences here with myself and my husband where I weren't getting on because we were both stressed and I was completely sleep deprived with my working crazy hours over winter. And, but then it's brought us, ultimately it's brought us so much closer together because yeah. we've needed to really face that together and navigate it and pull together as a team and say, okay, this is really hard, but what can we do? And it's, we were just talking the other night, you know, just in the last two months, it just feels like everything's changed. So it's all cute. gotten so much easier. I actually think also, I have a friend who's now looking to move. So she's interviewing in, in the US in this case. She's also, it's just her and her husband as well, but she's like, if I don't like it, I can be back home in six months. That's the thing. Exactly. And that's maybe with kids going to school, it's maybe a little bit more challenging, but still, you can, you can do go it. home. It's not ideal, but it's possible. It's not ideal, but it's possible. Yeah. It would be like you would have to set up things again in, back home, but it's not undoable. And then you can, you've at least tried it. You can chalk it up as an experience. Mm. Well, I mean, that happened to us when we moved up to Queensland in Australia yeah, that time. Go. And after three months, I just said to Wade, I can't, I can't be here. I'm so lonely. I miss the city. I can't, I can't do this. And we moved back. I'd love to share, this might be really good as part of this episode. There's a brilliant quote by the author and podcaster, Tim Ferriss, and how he defines risk for himself is that risk is the likelihood of an irreversible negative outcome taking place. And I just love that because First of all, you need to think about the likelihood. Like, how likely is it that something's going to go really belly up with this? But also, what is the actual risk? Like, generally, we can lose time, we can lose money. That's really yeah. the, the, the sum total. And then also, what's irreversible? Like you just said, if you decide to move to Bali and do yoga teacher training, you can move back. It's reversible. It's yeah. annoying. It'll probably be expensive and you might feel like a bit of a dickhead, but it's possible. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that definition of risk. I come back to that a lot. 
I love it too. I did this when I was really young. I did, I tried to do a year of full-time modeling, ended up hating it. I was also, I was 16. I was really quite young. Oh, just, really young. Really yes. homesick. Understandably, uh, Milan and London. Wow. Relatively close to home, of course, but still 16 in a big city that I did know. But I don't regret a second of it because it was the right moment for me to do it because otherwise I would have gone to start to do a study and it would have been four years later I would have been a lot older so it was a really good time to do it I've experienced it decided I really didn't like it and it was just a really I grew so much in those months mm. that I was abroad and it made me grow up so quickly that's huge that's a really formative experience yeah mm. completely but and you can always chalk it up as a fail because I really didn't like it. But knowing that in and of itself makes it a success. Yeah. Because I've never craved that since. Yes. And I'm really happy about yes. it. Yes. That itch is gone. That's it. And sometimes you just got to get rid of the itch. Yeah. When we moved to the Gold Coast, I talked about that for years. And I had this idea of everything will be easier up there. Everything will be cheaper. Everything will be, you know, total rose-colored glasses about what it might be to live there. And then we did it, and we came back, and I never talked about moving to the Gold Coast again, ever. <laughs> so good. You scratch that Because you don't know. Edge. Until you know, you don't know. Yeah. yeah. Until you try it, you don't know. Okay. So just do it. Yeah. Is our... But take away these tips just that we do also with the get budget. <laughs> do it with enough money. With some savings. Listen to this whole episode. Take notes, but also just do it. Yeah. Love, Love it. Thank you so much. Thank Tell you. people where they can find you. Uh, Insta is probably my, my platform of choice. So my Insta handle is Lorraine Murphy Mentor. And my website is LorraineMurphy.com.au. So I've got a number of short online courses. I've also got a membership for female entrepreneurs called Bowls Darling. And I also have a small number of one-on-one -on -one mentoring spots that I work with people and this year as well. And all your books people can order. And the books. I forget about the books. Yes. yes, all the books are on Amazon. So Get Remarkably Organized and Step Into You are both e uh, audio books as well. So I recorded them, which is lots cool. of fun. But yeah, all four are e-books and print books as well. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your experience. Thank you for having this. me. <laughs> Great interview. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. It truly means the world having you here. Please follow us on TikTok and Instagram at 30 and a bit podcast and leave a five-star review on Spotify and Apple. It really helps with growing. We will be back. Bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.